Thanks for tuning in to the Desert of Mississippi podcast, where we aim to bring you all the latest news, views, and happenings from the desert and the domain. I am Muhammad Hardy. I serve as your host and the director of media for the desert. Each week, I hope to bring you something or someone new in the spirit of one desert, one team. I hope you find this time both entertaining and informative. Welcome. Welcome, 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 everybody. Welcome back to the Desert of Mississippi podcast. In the words of Rakim, the mighty, mighty MC. It's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you. But you know what? That's okay. We are back in the house today. And this is the Desert of Mississippi podcast. This is a special edition. And when I say special edition, uh, I'm not buttering up the guest because he is special. He's, he's an awesome individual if you know him. And if you know who it is and you'll identify his voice in just a moment, you'll know that what I'm saying is not only valid, but very true. Uh, there are some people that you run across that are the epitome of what a noble should be. And those are the words that I'm going to use to, to identify tonight's host. Uh, I'm not going to say too much more. I'm going to allow him to introduce himself. Uh, but I think that you're going to be definitely pleased with tonight's episode. Uh, we're going to talk about some things. We're going to uh, talk about the future uh, and we'll talk about some plans. But um, yeah. Let's just jump right into it. Like they say on YouTube, let's just jump right into it. I'm going to allow the guest to introduce himself uh, because he is definitely uh, one of the favorite nobles throughout the entire domain. Welcome to the Desert of Mississippi podcast. The microphone is yours. All right. All right. Well, thank Brother you Mo for having me. <laughs> Pleasure to be here. Pleasure <laughs> to be out on the wire. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Well, my name is Dr. Rashid Muller. I am the deputy of the desert of Maryland, and I'm running for Imperial Out of Guard for 2022 down in St. Louis. That's right. That's right. He is going to be in the house in St. Louis. And again, if you know this, brother, you know that it's not just about being in Maryland. It's not about being available in St. Louis. This is the type of brother, literally, that if you call him, even if he can't get to your call immediately, he's going to get back to you 100 <laughs> percent. This is this is a brother's brother right here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about your background, what you do for a living, uh, uh, both professional, uh, personal. Tell us a little bit about yourself, because although you don't know everybody in the domain, I guarantee you by the time we get done with this, everybody's going you're going to be a household name for sure. So tell us I a little bit it. about yourself. <laughs> I'll fill it out. I definitely appreciate it, brother. So uh, uh, again, I'm uh, Dr. Rashid Muller. Everybody knows me as the infamous Sheed. Uh, did a lot of embroidery for the folks back in the day. Been running for Impel Out of Guard since 2011. Uh, part 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 time, you know, hustler, uh, full time <laughs> academic, and uh, also uh, from Brooklyn, New York. But you know, those who know me uh, know that I'm a military uh, Navy veteran. Uh, Commander U.S. Navy retiree as a reservist, and uh, also when I was on active duty, I was a special agent, so I was a human guy. And then, uh, you know, after I retired, hey man, I just went on to continue to work for the DOD uh, over at DISA and now over at the uh, on the high side at Fort Meade at no such agency, 
but sometimes it's public, but sometimes it's not. And, uh, you know, I'm a, a senior up there uh, doing cryptologic cyber planning. So uh, a little bit of human mixed in with some uh, SIGINT, with some MASINT, and, uh, you know, conquering uh, uh, the foreign enemies because, uh, you know, we only work on foreign soil. We lead the FBI to the state side. Stuff. <laughs> uh, well, you know I what? Feature, listen, if I have a feature surveillance uh, warrant, then, you know, I'm listening and I'm figuring <laughs> things out. But, uh, you know, hey, man, uh, uh, just going to school, doing my thing and, and, and supporting and defending the Constitution of the United States. I've been doing it for about 37 years in, in various capacities from the military to, the, to still working in the civilian realm. Well, let me say also, you know, and, and I'm glad you brought that up, um, because I, I, when I look at you and when I from what I know of you and the work that you've done in the past few years, particularly in this last decade, I'm going to say thank you for your service, not only military, but but in the personal sector as well, because many times people don't realize. And this is so true that it's people like yourself that allow us to sleep soundly at night. <laughs> OK, you guys are actually doing actually doing the work out there. You guys are doing stuff that is unknown, you know, stuff we see in movies and, and we hear about, you know, <laughs> that we think, oh, that stuff doesn't happen. That's that's one of the meal everyday stuff. For you guys. Um, so I want to say thank you for your service and thank you for your you know dedication to this country uh, and, and, and keeping us safe, uh, both, you know, in a literal sense, but in a, a cyber sense as well. Um, because I take privacy very, very uh, seriously. Just a quick story to give you uh -huh. something that happened to me recently. I ordered uh, something online. And uh, rather than sending me a, a carrier tracking number, uh, they sent me a, a thing to, to to install some app to track my, track my boots coming, right? Mm -hmm. So I look at it. And then when I look at the app permissions, this doggone app wanted your entire browsing history, your, your financial history, all this kind of stuff. And I said, all this just to find out when my boots are coming? No, right. I don't think so. So, you know, and I said that to say just real quickly, and, and this is nothing for you because, I mean, this is your, your actual industry. We as, as laymen don't understand all the ins and outs of security and privacy and the things that you guys, you know, do every day. So I, I just want to say thank you for that. And and having that, having said that, uh, you know, talking about security, talking about service and things of that sort, tell us a little bit about when you were created. When did you become a noble? And tell us about your service to the domain and to the sure, organization. Sure. So before I even go there, let me also first say I'm a child of God. That's first and foremost. So my 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 Lord comes before anything I do. And then I'm a, I'm a happily married man with three babies, uh, ten, seven, and six. <laughs> So you know, awesome. my wife, Dr. Nakia Muller, uh, make sure that uh, I have time to do those things professionally because I travel abroad a lot. So mm -hmm. let me first go there. And then also we, as we segue into uh, my, my, my nobility and my background, we're also going to say that, that Dr. Nakia Muller is a daughter of ISIS uh, or, or I'm sorry, the auxiliary court of the ancient Egyptian Arabic noble mystic shrine, North South, North South American is jurisdiction incorporated. But so this Rashid, is a family man. There, there you go. There you go. Mm -hmm. And, and family is always first. Um, That's right. Always first. 
So, you know, myself, uh, I joined Tuwa Temple in Annapolis, Maryland. And while I was still in the Navy uniform teaching over at the Naval Academy, I got swapped in and joined the Shrine Temple in Annapolis, Maryland. So I was created uh, in March of 2006, uh, you know, singing luck to the duck and holding a balloon. So, uh, you know, <laughs> hey. <laughs> You know, All right now, All uh, right. you know, they call the two wild rough riders, but uh, that was two wild temple number 228, Annapolis, Maryland. And uh, and then I had the pleasure of leading approximately 37 uh, August men into forming Salah Dean Temple number 234, which is in Landover, Maryland, which is inside the Capitol Beltway, um, here in the Washington, DC metropolitan area, and literally, uh, the Washington Redskins, Washington Commanders are in our backyard so we felt like oh, wow. it was uh, uh, uh to put a temple there to uh do that community service with that organization and and, and pair up uh you know was going to do us a, a world of good and getting the exposure as a new temple within the desert of maryland that is awesome and that's forward thinking as well but you know what that leads to mind another question so it sounds like you you've been in the game as they as we say in the streets you know for for a minute now and you've done a a lot of good work with the shrine, but I'm going to step away from from shrine for just a moment. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna treat you like a brother in the streets. I'm going to ask you. you know, <laughs> I, I see that you're a shriner, and I, I like that. But uh, are you active with your blue house as well? Are you finding? you should ask. So you know, I served as uh, worship my worship master of my blue lodge many many moons ago, 1993. Got raised okay. in 1989, uh, and so uh, demitted back into the jurisdiction of the district of columbia under meridian laws number six uh not too long ago uh a good a good friend and co-worker uh, me uh one of the past grandmasters phil david a really good brother who, who who i work with now um said hey man what you doing locally so he he, he got me back into coming back in locally because i joined <laughs> a military lodge uh over in san diego california but it was time to come back and Come back to the home roots and uh i figure you know after after 33 years you know literally 33 years being raised in 89 here we are coming up and uh you know time to get back to to the to the basics although i've i've moved around the chairs and the seats um you know time to do something in my community where i live with my wife and my children now over that is phenomenal i commend you for that but using your own words time to do something for your family and community tell me about your vision for shrinedom because this is actually what we're here talking about you yes, are sir. running for office tell me what is your vision for shrinedom what do you hope to do what do you hope to bring in becoming or or, or, or running for the position that you're that you're running for look love the question and I'll start with running. I ran this campaign originally in 2014, and then again in 2016. In 2014, my I, I did I was able to garner 187 votes. In 2016, my sister passed away, so I didn't make it to the floor on that Monday. And then you know between 16 and now, I was in grad school working on a couple of uh, advanced degrees. Uh, working in the cyberspace that you know that required me to get those degrees to kind of do the job that I do now. So I'm back with a vengeance. And so my platform in 2014 really kind of talked about the IT space. And so in 2014, mm -hmm. kind of go back and forgive me if I get a little long-winded and cut me off when necessary. 
But in 2014, <laughs> you know, you know, for us in the military, you know, we, we've also, you know, we know that the med the cyber medium and the communication medium uh, was paramount. Uh, after 9-11, everyone got cell phones. So the proliferation of cell phones became predominant. And so, you know, your cell phone is part of your initial, you know, is part of your 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 ID, your your security. So my 14 campaign talked about cyber issues, particularly that of mm -hmm. saving money. And when you're saving money, we're talking about not. Let's talk about adopting more technology into how we communicate instead of traveling all over, we can simply what look at what we did during this COVID pandemic over the last two and a half years. We telework. That's right. That's and so right. what we did mm -hmm. is they gave us computers to go home. Well, not me, I'm in the IC, but people who, who were able to go home with computers, put your cat card in a computer and communicate. And you found that there was much more productivity, right? That was being done. So my point was in 14, I talked about that same thing. I said back eight, I said eight years ago, we need to give you know, dive in members, uh, a rollout computer instead of traveling everywhere, they could be more productive if they use a communication medium. And everyone in 2014 wasn't quite used to email. My generation, you know, we were, but some of the older generation was not back then. And so now we've been forced to integrate technology. So when we talk about my plan, going back you know, to that original question, my vision for Shrine them mm -hmm. is to kind of stay along them same lines, right? So now we have four generations of people that are members of the Shrine. Those who are in their 80s, those who are in their 60s, those who are in their 40s, and those and, and those who are in their 20s, believe it or not. And so That's when right. you're dealing with four generations, you know, that younger generation, they are technolo technologically savvy to a point where you know, their mindset is totally different. And so, you know, if we are to continue to bring in new members, if we are to continue to uh, keep the ones that we have and then help the older members move, then we have to adopt technology as a whole. As you see, currently they have the Shrine app. So everybody's on the Shrine app blowing it up. And so there's so much more that we can be doing with the Shrine and how we are moving and trading our information. You talked about privacy a little earlier. Well, privacy is definitely something that we need to be practicing and understanding because again, I'm a SIGINT massing guy. So, you know, I know what to do with the data when it hits the cloud. But going back to the shrine, my vision for the shrine for the future is continually to look at these techn technological mediums and communication mediums and information mediums and make them more palpable to the constituents, right? We don't have a database that says Rashid works for the DOD or Brother Muhammad mm -hmm. works for is an entrepreneur. And that's something mm -hmm. that we could easily look at and say, hey, if I need to network with a noble or a daughter, what do they do? And right. we don't know. So we are our own best resource. So once we start to share our resources, in a safe communication medium, then we can move the organization a lot better with the four different generations that we have and the younger generation that's coming to join this organization. They require 
upfront information. They it required it quick and instantly. You know, soon we're going to be registering uh, for uh, imperial session, and we don't even need any paper, right? Let's get rid of the That's paper, right. save a tree, say, say, look, save some, save that recycling for something else, right? And so. That's just one of the major things. But another major thing that I, I'm looking at for Shrondam in the future is actually putting together a strategic plan. And within that strategic plan, you want to look at what's working and what's not working, what our vision in is, is for recruitment, actually look at some metrics, right? And then look at our and look at the portfolio of committees that we have. How do we know that they are truly functioning? We put money. On we spending money and putting money into a budget, but are we auditing ourselves, right? Because the data, as we go back to the IT environment and that and that cluster, a lot of programs that I deal with in the DOD, they're siloed, right? So one is not knowing what the other hand, one one finger doesn't know what, what's going on in the other hand, but we are connected to the body. We're all connected to mm -hmm. the torso, the legs and the toes, but we don't know what you other are doing. And so as you look at information sharing. It comes with a whole paradigm of thought. And so when we're looking at our committees that we have in the shrine and a strategic plan, we can do things smarter in that technological medium. Once we adopt that technological medium full on, then we can do better with money management, investments, look at our track, our spending. And so it's a lot of different things that we could be doing. But Wow. We need people who are trained who can bring that and train the trainers. Like I'm the train the trainer guy, right? My doctorates are right. in IT and the other ones in cybersecurity leadership. So I train the trainer and I want to help them adopt these new ways of thinking on how we move our information mediums to benefit the nobles and the doors. We're not doing that, right? We have an app, we have media relations, but there's so much more we could be doing. And that's pretty much my thrust and my vision and moving forward. So so let's let's just tap into that for just a moment. Tell me, tell me about five years, 10 years. Tell me about your plan or some of your vision to make some of that happen. Um, because you know, and you you have kind of alluded to this uh, in your statements that sometimes the older brothers, the older generations, and some of the younger ones too, to be dead honest, um, you know, everyone has a different comfort level with technology. But I think it's I think it's obvious that technology is not going anywhere. And I think if anything, the pandemic has taught us that uh, we were yes, forced into literally finding new ways to even just function uh, from day to day. So tell me about uh, if you could briefly, you know, five years, ten years. What's the plan? Uh, that you have envisioned as to how some of the mechanisms that we can use to create, um, to bring or usher in this new era that you're talking about. Sure. So, so let me first say that you don't have to be a part of the dive-in to adopt these technologies. Let me first say that because people are like, well, why, why can't you do it from the floor? Well, we all know that when you begin to do organizational change, it has to start at the top, right? That's right. And so. In the five to 10 year plan, if elected, when elected, these things I can begin to sit at the board of director table, right? Because again, mm -hmm. when we talk about, you know, we, we're back in our, our organizations, our companies, everything starts from the top. The CEO dictates 
what happens. The board members dictate what happens. And so right. I offer it, but maybe because if I get elected and then I can actually move it and set it in front of people and say, hey, this is something, it's a strategic plan. In five years, we can be looking at what our metrics are, looking at our strong committees, our weak committees, can we combine some of those committees and move some money? This is a budget management thing that IT kind of helps you usher in and really control. So within five years, the way that we should be doing business, we should be able to just, you know, my goal is to be elected, you know, I, I will put some things together and, and simply, uh, hey, we go to the imperial session, you should be able to register at a kiosk, what you need people for, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Right. Well, it's <laughs> you know what I mean? It's streamlined you know? things and those, yeah, those event, right. resources to be used elsewhere. You know, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a benefit it's for the entire the resources. Now, I'm right. not trying to put anybody out of a job, right? Because I love those 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 hard women working sisters down in Memphis, Tennessee. But mm -hmm. again, these are the times. These are this is how business is done, and so part of that is adopting the business the, the business strategy of the times right adaptability right. to right. what's going on it ain't just about it it's about where you are with your with, with your personal life and and how you're striving to adapt to the times the united states is becoming a digital state we are digital right. citizens right so if That's we're right. if, if we're doing our business online and amazon and all those different things and who goes to the malls anymore? Why should we have to go? To, we should be able to listen. Right. Hold on. What even better? We should be able to do virtual imperial sessions like all the other organizations. Yeah. If if the older people can't afford it, you can get more registrations if you did it virtually so people would be there and they can right. and partake of it. Let's, let's push this medium to a whole different, you know, concept. You belong to Alpha Phi Alpha. I belong to Omega Psi Phi Attorney. We mm -hmm. had, you know, of course I went to my conclave, but there were those who could not go, but they wanted to right. see and feel the ritualistic. So they paid their dues online and they attended the virtual meetings. Very often do us younger brothers, you and myself, we sometimes we'll try to get to some of the plenary sessions, but you know, we've been hanging out the night before and fellowship. And yeah. Oh yeah. We can record that stuff. There, there's so many different things that we could be doing in the shrine a lot a lot more efficiently so that we can reach more people so that's my goal in five to ten years is to move all that, that imperial session to a different format to a format that where people can't travel anymore then they can see it online and we again it's all the adoption and acceptance for the use of technology well that is outstanding and one of the things that i can say and i'm glad you brought up uh the greek letter organization uh example because and i i can't speak for the cues but what i can say uh for my organization and you might chime in on this as, as well is that i have noticed that by moving some of these platforms and creating extra avenues be they virtual that that actually helps your attendance that actually helps your bottom line because brothers who you know who can't travel like you said or maybe you know have concerns about COVID and things of that sort or just elder being becoming elders you know uh that gives them the opportunity to participate again and that good old paternal spirit comes yes, right sir. back yes, um, sir. so so 
you know, that that applies on this side of the stream as well. So I'm I'm really, really glad to hear you say that. Um, want to close it up. I do want to ask you one question, though, because even though a lot of good information has been presented here, some great information, and I'm, I'm like super excited now, I want to ask you to kind of wrap things up because you know brothers are going to talk. You sure. know the nobles are going to talk. Uh, they're going to talk in the <laughs> elevator. They're going to talk, you know, uh, as they about to walk into the hospitality suite, at, you know, to right. get them, uh, you know, a, a, a Pepsi to drink. Mm-hmm. If you had to tell me in 60 seconds, what is the lasting thing? What is the thing that you want to impress upon your fellow nobles? Why should they vote for you? Why should you be the one? What's that last message in 60 seconds? Sure. So, so vote for me because there are levels of depth of information, but on top of the levels of depth of information, I'm a balanced individual who people know as Sheed. You can talk to me, (laughs) you can touch me, you can reach me, you can drink with me. But the things that I have to offer, I don't sit on Mount Olympus. I am down in the streets. I'm from Brooklyn, New York, from Mossy Projects. I'm the, I'm, I'm, I'm here for anybody who wants to touch me and have a conversation. I, I enjoy, I, one, I embrace conflict, but I also enjoy it, enjoy, you know, people bringing their energy to me and asking the difficult questions. So I'm, I'm an open book. Come talk to me. Come holler at me. I'm here for it. That's what, that's the difference between me and, and, and other folks. There are levels of depth to it. So I can be on high, then I could be on sit on low. And we can, and, and the thing is, <laughs> As a professor, I can make those simple, I can make those difficult concepts very simple that people can understand them in layman's terms. And that is very true. I've witnessed that with my own two eyes. That is phenomenal. I thank you for your time today. Uh, the desert of Mississippi, we thank you. Uh, this has been just outstanding. We have to, got to, uh, on the other side of the election, uh, and once, once, once we get you in the seat, we'll have to uh, have you back here on the show and, and talk about some of those five-year and 10-year plans and and, you know, just kind of flesh them out. But you have been a phenomenal guest today. We thank you. Hey, and uh, once again, like I said, it's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you. But the Desert <laughs> Mississippi podcast, we're glad to be back. And what a better way. I can't think of a better guest and a better episode to have than Dr. Rasheed Muller, soon to be. What's that position? Soon to be. Imperial Art of Garb, an ancient Egyptian Arabic order known as Mr. Shrine, North American. No, that's in South America and his jurisdiction incorporated. That's <laughs> Pray right. for me. <laughs> brothers, that's right, brothers. Nobles, cast your vote. This is your candidate right here. Thank you, Dr. Muller, and you have a wonderful day. Salam alaikum. And travel wisely. Thank you, my brother. brother. Take care. Peace and blessings. Desert of Mississippi Podcast, copyright 2021 2022. Opinions and views expressed during the show do not necessarily reflect the opinions, views, or policies of the ancient Egyptian Arabic order, nobles of the mystic shrine of North and South America and its jurisdictions incorporated, Prince Hall Shriners, its officers, constituent temples, or members.